The Start. On Demand. demand. Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on vacation. Producer Jeff Forte back in the saddle. Matt Abra filling in for the last couple of days. And Greg, before we do anything, I haven't told you this yet, but I'm pretty excited. I don't know if you can hear this. I can. In my grubby Transconian mitts. It's funny what we get. What we get excited. It's funny what we get excited to receive in the mail now. I've been checking my mailbox, my mail slot every day for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I have the digital card. I got that immediately, the QR oh. code. But I have my COVID nineteen vaccination card. Congratulations. That is a hot commodity, man. It, it even has your own name on it. Yes. And it really has nothing on it. Like I'm just, I haven't even peeled it off of the sheet yet here. Yeah. So on the front, it just simply says COVID-19 vaccination card, carte de vaccination. It has the Manitoba government logo on it. It says immunization record, has my name, has some sort of weird code on the bottom. And uh, just QR code on the back. And that's it. So, Terrific. Yeah. So that's uh, your passport to uh, many more freedoms. That's right. So I, the only thing I need to hope for, I guess you could say that I have diplomatic immunity, but <laughs> hopefully Danny Glover doesn't show up. Diplomatic immunity. It's just been revoked. <laughs> it's so. a great movie, isn't it? Is that the best of the... Of the Lethal Weapon films, the second one, that's pretty unusual for the second film to be the better of the two, or if there's more, is it not? I think you, you're probably right. I think if if, there, if you were to go back and, and rank the rank them all, that would be a good, the, the best one, or seen as the best one overall. Although I really liked that fourth one with uh, oh. Jet Li, when, the, when they were older and they had to take on this young... Uh, the, the the Jet Li played. You know, he's a he's a martial arts expert, of course. So he was seen as kind of like this new wave of of enemy, and they are just trying to use their old school fisticuff tactics, and they got you know the tar beat out of them by Jet Li. But yeah, that was an exciting film too. No, oh, no, they were talking about Lethal Weapon on the shift overnight, which has made me what oh, made me okay. pull that clip. But now I kind of want to go back and watch those movies. I've not seen Lethal Weapon 4. So now I've got to put that on my list. And Lethal Weapon 2, that's with Joe Pesci, right? Yep. Is that where he makes his his comment about the drive-thru? Don't go to the drive-thru. I was screaming at the drive-thru. <laughs> Become part of the vernacular, of course. And and a good philosophy is check your, check your bag before you leave the, the drive-thru. They give you a dirty look and you might get your horn... Uh, get a horn honked uh, at you from behind, but uh, I think it's always worthwhile to double check your order. So did you go get a steep tea this morning? Because I suspect you might need something warm. Are you doing the show outside today? I'm outside. I'm in my backyard. I'm in my gazebo. So if you hear traffic, if you hear horns, speaking of of horns and dogs barking and birds chirping, that's why I I have a hoodie on and I absolutely love it. It's just a nice break today. You suggested at some point I should do my sh- or do the show in my backyard. So uh, today's the day. Although I suggested that I think because you said it was cold in the basement, so I told you to move it outside, and now it's it's much colder this morning. 
blowing my hand here. It's actually, it is actually a little bit chilly depending on the surface that you're touching, but it's great. It's a, it's a nice break, except for the smoke. Mm. Where on earth is this coming from? Yeah, the smoke is bad. That special air state, that special air quality statement is in effect uh, as they come in from forest fires. And I noticed it was uh, dramatically even, or not dramatically, but it was noticeably worse at 5 a.m. versus 4 a.m. when I got to work. When I got to work, got out of the cab, I didn't notice it. Now, maybe I wasn't looking for it. And then I was reminded when I got up here that this was in effect. And then when I went back down at 5 o'clock, it hit me right away. And I've had to take an allergy pill since then. Uh, so, I mean, I because let us know if it's affecting you, by the way, 204-780-6868. But, yeah, it's uh, hopefully it doesn't chase you back inside. No, I don't think it will. And that's, uh, that's unfortunate. We finally get a little bit of a reprieve from the heat here. And, uh, I've opened up all the windows in the house as I mentioned that I would. And, uh, I don't mind the smell of smoke when it's from a campfire, but <laughs> when it's from a forest fire, obviously that's not good. And I know it affects people's health. So that's also not very good. Can you notice the haze or the smoke from 30 floors up looking down? To, is it creating a an issue in terms of visibility from up there Brett not a major issue there is a slight haze but it's not uh, overwhelming the skyline so it's uh, thankfully not super thick which means it hopefully won't bother people too much you know I know when uh, if you have asthma or asthma like symptoms uh, something like this can be a really quick trigger so let us know if it's affecting you or if it's really bad in your area. Maybe you're outside of Winnipeg and it's worse where you are, 204-780-6868. You can also email mackling at cjob.com or brett at cjob.com. Coming up at 637, we want to share with you a text message. and We'll just give you a little teaser here, but it was a text message that kind of knocked us both off of our feet and we said we got to revisit this tomorrow. It was an example, a very specific example and a really kind of sad example of how, Greg, the, uh, the vaccination debate is causing family strife. Yes, and so we're going to explore that and and talk about the the divide that may be being created here. I know our question of the day yesterday asked about whether or not it was in people's uh, plans to to ask for vaccination cards at weddings and other family gatherings. Overwhelmingly, people said, no, that's not in my plan. But you and I both have examples of situations that either we were in personally or were invited to be a part of where the question came up about vaccination and the answer was such we both withdrew our uh, prospective participation so we shall we say that's a fair yeah. way to say it <laughs> so we'll <laughs> that talk was about a that a very diplomatic way of saying it especially as pertaining to, to me i tried to you know that diplomatic immunity thing <laughs> i've i've really got uh, diplomacy on my mind and then at at after nine o'clock, sander scott is a marriage and family therapist and when you think about some of the situations that may come up over the next several months, including think about if you're in a divorced family or a situation where your kids are, you're sharing custody with kids and uh, whether or not one parent may allow their kids or want to fight the fact that the kids, maybe they don't want their children to go somewhere where not everyone's double vaccinated. There are all sorts of scenarios here that might be playing out. 
And how do we make sure that those things don't get uncivil? And that's, that's part of the discussion throughout the day. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off this week. Ah! What? Mosquitoes? Yeah, there's a mosquito that's been... Ah, really? It. Get it! I can't get... <laughs> he just flew right into my face as soon as I cracked the microphone. Almost like he's taunting me. I'll get you yet. Anyway, sorry about that. That was a completely distracting thing. But we were uh, having the conversation last half hour about water safety, and we're going to be talking more about it next half hour. Uh, one of the, Part of that conversation was swimming lessons, and GMAC, what's happening today at 8 o'clock? Leisure guide, Shauna Crane, one of our loyal listeners, says uh, she's waiting very patiently as uh, the portal for the City of Winnipeg Leisure Guide online registration for swimming lessons if you live inside the City of Winnipeg uh, activates activate Storm Shield at 8 o'clock this morning. So if you're trying to get your kids into swimming lessons, today is the day Shauna says only two children per class right now and it's uh and the swimming lessons are only being offered at outdoor pools so uh a restrictive and limited number of spots obviously available for that but it's an important topic and something we'll be discussing this morning all right so we got a text yesterday from a listener about the damage that covid is doing to families and we don't mean because people are getting sick obviously that's part of the conversation but for this conversation we're talking about the repercussions of people not getting vaccinated now this example is quite specific but i imagine a lot of us can relate to it in in some shape or form based on the discussions that we're all having these these days and uh, we're going to leave the listener's name out of this greg yes so the text reads everything covid is breaking up families a friend's daughter told her parents that they can't see the grandkids if they aren't vaccinated so in return the parents are going to the lawyers this week to remove her from their several million dollar will no good can come of this. And as you mentioned, Brett, very specific example, very specific story, but it got us thinking about some of the things, some of the stances and some of the relationships that might be fractured or maybe don't begin at all because one of the parties involved or someone involved in the family situation has decided they're not going to get vaccinated. Yeah, like I have a friend uh, who is one of their siblings is anti like full anti-vax and uh so that's causing some family strife i'm also curious to know what happens uh like are restaurants going to have issues with customers who don't have their immunization cards or refuse to get vaccinated like uh you know the pub i know that uh, like i might go watch the the football match this afternoon, the soccer match, Italy, Spain, and uh, the bar top is reserved specifically just for those who are fully vaxxed. And me being in, in that camp and with my, I just got my card yesterday, my the actual hard copy card, I can flash that card and, and grab a spot, but is that going to create problems for businesses having to deal with angry customers? It, it absolutely could. So this is, uh, like like we said, a very specific example, but it opens up another topic. In fact, uh, I can share with you, Brett, I was invited to a golf tournament. It happens in the next couple of weeks. And uh, the invitation was very kind and uh, very generous. 
And I asked the question, is it the policy of the tournament that everyone be double vaxxed? And uh, after a few hours, the answer came back, no, it's not. So I declined the invitation, not to, out of any anything other than I'm working from home right now. And um, our employer has done such a terrific job in making sure that we stay safe. And I think that I should be doing and try to do everything I can to be as safe as possible. And I don't think that includes um, going to an event where uh, it's not ensured that people are double vaccinated a couple of weeks down the road. So I've, I've decided not to participate. Well, and another thing too is that that I'm pretty sure tournaments even technically aren't allowed right now under the the public health order. I'd have to double check that, but I, I seem to recall Dr. Rusin saying that outdoor activities can you know expand, but tournament no tournaments uh, for now. So uh, that's what I thought as well. I've, I've so I found it. Odd. Anyway, so that's a that's a side that's a side conversation for sure. Yeah, and as, yeah. and then as well, there's also uh, dating. Like, what if, what if um, you meet you meet somebody and it comes? Normally, the the there are certain topics you avoid in the first date, right? Like politics. You don't want to get into that on your first date. Well, now is the topic to avoid, or is it maybe the more important one? Uh, a stance on on vaccination and what? How will that? interfere like i had uh, a conversation with somebody recently and the vaccination came up and this person revealed that they were not interested in getting it and not from an angry stance it wasn't like uh like a a fist pounding kind of thing it was just uh you know i i don't see the need to to get it i'm a healthy person and and i thought okay uh well that's that Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is off this week. We're starting this segment with the song Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy because that was the song that Jeff Braun hated. We were talking about songs that we hate yesterday, but uh, I forgot to, to go to Jeff two days in a row, no less, Friday and Monday, a little off the game of late. So Jeff Braun, let's start with... That damn mosquito just flew in my face again. It's like as soon as the segment starts, that mosquito is there to taunt me. I'll get you. I'll get you. I can see it in the camera, Brett. I saw it fly by you, so this is not this is not a drill. This is real. Okay, Jeff Braun. First I sent it there. (laughs) Got up at two in the morning, went down to the station and released the mosquito. Okay, so before before we talk about what we're gonna talk about, why do you hate the song party all the time? Uh, for one thing, I'm a, I'm a rock guy. It's just not my vibe in general. But the biggest problem I have with that Eddie Murphy song is I saw the cassette in the bin at the HMV or wherever back in the day, and I got very excited. They're like, oh, my God, there's a new uh, stand-up comedy album from Eddie Murphy. This is great. And when you think you're getting, you know, A-plus Hall of Fame stand-up comedy from Eddie Murphy and you put it in and this happens to you, it's just very disheartening. I was so upset. I'm still upset about it. That is a bait and switch and a half, Braun. Oh, my word. God. I wonder how many Whoa. people bought that album with that exact same <laughs> situation, thinking that they yeah. were getting a Delirious 2 or or a preview exactly. to Raw or whatever order those came in. I, I had not right. thought of that. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was bad. 
right. So today's topic, I got to go to the dentist today. It's just a routine checkup. Nothing special or spectacular is going to happen. I don't anticipate it being a an unpleasant visit. But that got us thinking, you know, everybody's got probably a weird story about the dentist, uh, hopefully not too painful or gory. But so, Jeff, let's start with you, because if memory serves, you are perhaps the most diligent dentist visitor on earth. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because, I, well, I've had it, well, literally drilled into my head since I was a kid. you got to go to the dentist twice, <laughs> twice a year, and I still do that. But when I was a little kid, I was the worst patient, and I went through a variety of retainers and braces and the whole nine. I spent about a decade going once a month to the dentist to get, you know, something tightened or checked or whatever. And I, and I was just a you know, you know what a suck I am about horror movies and that sort of thing. I was even a bigger, I was just the worst dental patient as a kid. And like one of the, I'm sure that my chart has all sorts of, you know, red marks on it. Like, oh my God, this kid again. Uh, and my dentist, to his credit, he did such a good job of trying to calm me down. He hid the needle from me for years. Like he, he, I never saw it. And I wasn't, I didn't even think I was getting it. He'd lied. He just flat out lied to me. He's like, no, you don't need a needle, Jeff, for this cavity. We're just going to do this and this, and then you'll be okay. You don't need a needle. But secretly he's giving me a needle that you couldn't see because you're laying on your back and your vision is, you know, impaired that way. And it honestly wasn't until I was, I think about 35 where I realized he'd been giving me needles all along. And I had a friend who was a dental hygienist and I used to brag to her. I was like, yeah, I got a filling and they don't even give me a needle when I get a filling. And she's like, what? It's impossible. And I was like, nope. She never gives me a needle. Never had one. And she's just like, you're lying. I'm like, I'm not. Call him up and ask him. And a, a full-grown adult that I was still falling for the ruse. And she she got me to the point where the next time I went, I asked him. I was like, uh, my friend says there's no way you can uh, fill a cavity without giving a needle. But I swear you've never given me a needle. And he's like, we literally give you a needle every time. <laughs> we just hide it from you because you're such a baby. So now I know. Oh, that is great stuff, Braun. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, GMAC, what about you? Oh, boy. How can I top that? Uh, a shout out to Brent Wong over at Shine Dental, who uh, extracted a tooth for me about 10 years ago. Uh, he, he has done extractions all over the world. He does uh, a lot of charity work, goes to the Dominican Republic, amongst uh, other Caribbean nations to, to ply his trade. And he pulled a tooth out for me. He said it came out in no less than 100 pieces. And I apologize if this is going to make anybody cringe. I know, Brett, you wanted to keep it relatively, quote unquote, pain and gory free. He said it was the worst extraction he'd ever done. And uh, ouch! I haven't been able to get back into the dentist chair since. How long ago was that? Did you say 10 years? 10 years? Yeah. And you haven't been to the dentist for a checkup? I mean, I've had my teeth clean. Oh, okay. But I haven't I haven't had any work done other than uh, a cleaning. So um, I got to get over that. Well, like, if you don't need really any work quick. done. I do, actually. He took the oh. tooth out, and I actually, I need, uh, <laughs> I need a dental oh. implant. Oh. And uh, I'm just trying to decide which kid I'm going to sell <laughs> in order to pay for that. <laughs> Uh, Cab Poitras. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a dentist puker. I puke at the dentist. I've done it lots of times. Um, I've never heard they that. hate you worse I'm than me. I'm a dental puker. They do. 
and it was always the fluoride. Whenever I was a kid, like eight or nine, maybe even younger, I would the, they would have like the the they would they would get that fluoride at the end where they would you know they'd put it in that in that uh, little container and they would push it up against your against your teeth. Yeah. And I said, listen, I'm gonna puke. If you do that, I'm gonna puke. I said, don't give me the fluoride. I'm going to throw up. No, 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 no. You're not gonna puke. Don't worry about it. We're gonna be safe. I I I puked. I did it. I and I said, listen, I warned you. I said, listen, I warned you. She goes, you know, sometimes people, she's trying to make me feel better. Sometimes people puke at the dentist. And I said, yes, I know. I do it all the time. And I warned you. And now I got puke all, like, because, you know, I had the bib on, but it goes all over the place. It's all over my shirt. I have to change. My mom's got to run and grab me a new shirt. I, tr- I, I warned them. They wouldn't listen to me. That was when was this last year? <laughs> oh God, close to twenty years ago, Jeff, if not longer. Do you still throw up at the dentist? I I, I I've been able to uh, no. Well, well, I'll just no comments. <laughs> okay, and uh, for Jay, what about you? Oh, for me, when I was a uh, kid, I hit my front tooth. And uh, it, it was dying, so the dentist has to, you know, grind down the tooth to the, to the little nub, and they uh, get, give you a, uh, you know, a fake tooth. But uh, when they were making my permanent one, they gave me a uh, uh, temporary one, and, uh, like, they didn't cement it in very good. And so uh, a few days later, I was having uh, band practice, and I bit into a piece of pizza, and my uh, tooth fell out, so I had no front tooth. And I kept going up to people and going, Arr, matey, arr! <laughs> 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 so you took advantage of the situation and had some fun with well, it. Well, yeah, because I didn't have a front tooth for like a day and a half. <laughs> didn't hurt? Oh, no, no, it didn't hurt. They you know, they um, fr- froze me and uh, whatnot. So here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868, because we do have a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza. Tell us a story about the dentist, whatever it is. It could be a visit. It could be an ongoing thing, like maybe you had a retainer and you just hated it, or you had braces, or maybe you had some really strange braces or some sort of a mishap with that or you know i don't know you want to tell the story about the time you got your wisdom teeth out um because when i got mine out uh, i had a hole in the back of my mouth one of the 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 holes wouldn't fill in it wouldn't like close so uh, every time i ate i had to clean it out with this like little water syringe that they gave me and it took longer to do that than it would to eat and then I ended up just basically stopped eating for like three months it was a huge mess but uh, tell us a story 204-780-6868 for your chance to win and we'll give that away just after 915 Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off this week. Keep your texts coming on your dentist stories. Tell us a story about going to the dentist at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza, which we'll give away just after 9.15. And as well, your texts on if you are experiencing strife in your life due to the vaccination debate, whether it's with your family, whether it's with a friend. One of our listeners, for example, saying, yeah, I can relate to this. I'm currently going through divorce. Kid's father refuses to get vaccinated. My son isn't getting vaccinated either, while I am vaccinated and my two daughters are vaccinated. So now you've got a a split right down the middle, essentially, not just with the the couple, but with the whole family. Uh, So we'll share more of your stories at 745 on that. And then again, a reminder at 905, we're going to talk to a marriage and family therapist on that subject. But in the meantime, GMAC, want to continue the conversation now on the water because Manitobans love summertime, heat waves aside. 
I know this past weekend was tough. Some record-breaking temperatures set on Saturday. We love to get outside and enjoy the sunshine, fresh air, and all that our province has to offer. Yeah, and for many of us, Brett, that includes time in and or on the water. Stacy Grichalski is Executive Director, Life Saving Society Manitoba, and we want to discuss water safety with her. Thanks for joining us today, Stacy. Thank you for having me. Well, we know that this is a sort of a mixed bag conversation, right? Because yeah. uh, water does bring so much joy to so many of us in Manitoba. We love to boat. We love to swim. We just love to to be in the water. But it can be a very dangerous uh, place to be, whether it's a backyard or a public pool in the lake or a stream. Uh, swimming is is dangerous. So how do we make sure that this remains a highlight of summer versus versus a tragedy? Yeah, so, you know, um, it's really just about knowing where you're going and knowing the water that you're in. Um, So, and I think the biggest thing, too, is, you know, wearing a life jacket. Um, You know, this week is National Fishing Week, um, and, you know, a lot of people are out on the water. Uh, People are in boats or in, you know, personal uh, watercraft as well. And, um, you know, really, it's just about wearing life jackets is you know, one of the biggest factors. Um, and, you know, we've got large bodies of water here in, in Manitoba in particular. And um, so, you know, it we, we see 80% of recreational boaters who drown every year in Canada and they're not wearing a life jacket or a personal flotation device. So, um, you know, we see most drownings occur in small open power boats, accounting for about you know, 60% of those preventable deaths. So, um, you know, it's just really about knowing the water and, um, you know, taking safety precautions. Yeah, I wonder if if some, for some people if the hesitation to wear a life jacket is kind of like when we were kids and we were too cool to wear yeah. our ski pants, right? But I know that, like we were talking last half hour about how uh, access to pools has been sort of infrequent for a lot of us over the last year. And I know that even if I were to step into a pool, I like swimming, but it's been over a year. And uh, just getting in a pool, I might find a little sort of, it might throw me off, never mind wanting to be on a lake. So absolutely, I, would, I, I don't think I would even want to go near a large body of water without a life jacket. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, I think that people think that it's, you're right, not cool to wear a life jacket or, or you know, I'm a good swimmer. Um, but that's really not, you know, that's not the case. I mean, there's a lot of situations that we can be in that, um, and in particular, if you're swimming in, in um, you know, water that's unknown, um, that you're not sure about, situations can change in an instant. And, um, you know, even if you're, for example, in a boat um, and you're not wearing your life jacket, but it's there and you're thrown from your boat or you're knocked unconscious, well, um, that's not going to help you in that situation, right? So, um, and, you know, designs have come a long, long way um, from, I think, when we were, like you said, when we were kids, um, you know, designs and comfort and flexibility in different life jackets and PFDs have come a long way. So um, there's a there's many, many life jackets out there that, um, you know, individuals for different for different reasons, whether you're a, a, an angler or you're in a kayak or canoe or even just swimming. Um, and especially if you're not a strong swimmer, that's uh, that's, you know, the important point here. If you're not a strong swimmer uh, is to wear a life jacket. 
Yeah, I know over the last several years, as my boys were growing up, it wasn't uncommon for us to go places, whether it was a backyard pool or maybe even just to the lake and uh, little ones, it was sort of a rule to have a life jacket, whether you were going in the water or, or not, because they are so yeah. small, they are they are almost uh, fashionable, some of them. <laughs> and so uh, kids really don't mind wearing them. Uh, you mentioned boating, and that's obviously a big part of culture in Manitoba. Before we let you go, we want to talk about getting on the water and how you can do so safely. Can you please tell us, if you wouldn't mind, Stacy, about the Weather to Boat app? It looks uh, absolutely uh, tremendous. Yeah, so the Weather to Boat app is uh, is a free app at the App Store. Um, and it's more than just a weather app. It provides information to help your boating experience safer and, and more enjoy- enjoyable. Um, you can get all the key information you need in one, really in one place. So it's up-to-date marine and local forecasts for your boating area, which is very exciting. Um, you know, in particular here in Manitoba, you have there they have a pre-departure checklist, uh, geo-referencing marinas and boat launches, rules of the road. So if you're not sure, you can go there as well and and get a better idea of um, the rules of the of the water. Uh, safety equipment required specific and in particular specific to your boat so whether it's an inboard an outboard personal watercraft sailboat etc and uh, dynamic interactive trip planner with emergency contact alerting so you just plug in all your information and it's um, you know it's a dynamic um, it's a dynamic um, you know app that tracks where you are and can locate you and can also send an emergency contact alerting and just boating tips and videos. So it's a great, great app, new app that's come out from the, uh, from the um, Canadian um, uh, CSBC. Um, CSBC. Stacey Grachowski, Executive Director, Life Saving Society, Manitoba. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much for having me. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off this week. Earlier today, we had a conversation at 637 based on a text message that we got from a listener yesterday uh, about family strife due to the vaccination debate. And this text read, everything COVID is breaking up families. A friend's daughter told her parents that they can't see the grandkids if they aren't vaccinated. So in return, parents are going to the lawyers this week to remove her from their several million dollar will. No good can come of this. So at 905, we're going to talk to a marriage and family therapist about how do you deal with this kind of thing? Because, you know, this one, Don, I don't know if you saw this, Greg, but Don texted to say one of his oldest friends, friendship of 35 years. He said, if you get vaccinated, our friendship is over. And Don said, I'm getting my second shot on, I think he said Saturday. Uh, So in other words, he's saying, well, okay, I guess we're not friends anymore then. Um, So this is... Something that uh, kind of a sad byproduct of of the pandemic. And we got a a lot, a ton of feedback of people who can relate to this. Yeah, 100%. And it is an absolutely uh, devastating byproduct uh, because let's face it, uh, no matter how you feel about it, there are others that are not going to agree. And 
like anything, you know, we saw this in the United States. My dad uh, wintered in the, in the States for several years and the number of relationships that have been fractured over the years because of political beliefs in America mm -hmm. is absolutely staggering because things have become so divided there. We got an email from one of our loyal listeners. I think sometimes, um, Depending on the details of these messages, we'll do our best to, to keep names out of it. Life can get in the way of many things. I recently got my second shot, but both my husband and my son are still not even on their first shot. My girlfriend will not come to see me because my husband and son do not have the shots. She, like many others in my family, won't come because of their underlying health reasons. I have tried to reason with my son and my husband doesn't help me when others aren't getting the shots and my husband is listening to them more than me. And I also work with someone who says, I am trusting that my immune system will keep me safe. I do not preach as it will only make others angry. Okay. And Phil texting us to say that uh, our really good friends are anti-vax so much so that they don't want their kids around our kids who are not vaccinated until 30 days after my wife and my last shot because they believe it will affect their children. I firmly believe that we should not be pressured to make medical decisions and shouldn't be pressured to not make them as well. And uh, my wife actually cancelled her second shot so that it doesn't create problems with them. So that's an interesting take as well, whether we should not be pressured to make medical decisions and shouldn't be pressured to not make them as well. And indeed, I don't want to, I mean, I, I want to see as many people get vaccinated as possible. But at the same time, if somebody tells me, uh, depending on the reasons, I did get into it with, uh, with one of my old friends on the, the vaccine, largely because he was spouting on social media just absolute nonsense about it. And it was uh, some, sometimes hateful nonsense. So I felt sort of compelled to get into it with him. But if somebody just gives me their reasons and it's well thought out, well spoken. I might not agree with it, but at the very least, I'm, uh, I got to hear them out and, and do my best to not be that, that preachy guy because nobody likes uh, someone getting in your face and preaching. No, that's, that's true. There's no doubt about it. And uh, civility is something uh, that, oh, sorry, you got dogs in the background here. <laughs> civility is something that uh, at times is sorely lacking in our society and respect of other people's positions. Once again, there is a way to disagree with one another, no matter what the subject, no matter how sensitive, sensitive it is without it become, becoming combative and uh, keeping an open mind. And once again, at the end of the day or at the end of the discussion or at the end of the interaction, you may still disagree, uh, but it's just so heartbreaking to see and read some of these stories about people who are, who are dissolving friendships and are not spending time with family over this, but that's the reality. So once again, Brett, you mentioned it. I'll mention it again. Sandra Scott is a marriage and family therapist. She'll join us after nine o'clock to give us some advice on how to approach this? Because when I approached her about it yesterday, she said, yep, this is something we're hearing a lot about. Very timely topic. So she's looking forward to visiting with us. And we are looking forward to welcome, welcoming her to the, to the start. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is off this week. Just wanted to quickly follow up. Last half hour, we asked... If you've had any issues when applying for your immunization card, 
as it pertains to like being told you're not going to see it for 30 days or you have to reapply within 30 days because I had a listener message me and say that's what he experienced, that he got his digital card, but he was told it would take at least 30 days to get his uh, immunization card proper. Uh, And we've walked through it and I asked him some more questions and I now, I believe he didn't, I'm not actually sure that he applied for his immunization card because there's a spot in the government website, Greg, where you can, I think it's the shared health website where you can actually see the listed history of your immunizations and it'll tell you you got this vaccination on this date at this location, and then you got your second dose on this date at this location. And he says that's what he took a digital screenshot of. I said, so you don't have a QR code? And he says, no. So I believe he did not actually apply for it. But I did have someone else message me say, I got my card, but it took 28 days for it to to show up. That's way too long. And then also some interactions with regards to uh, the fact that more and more people are finding out that their second or their first uh, vaccination, their shot wasn't listed. Uh, I know you got an email about that. And I'm also going back and forth with a listener who said that uh, their daughter has had both vaccinations. Second vaccination was May 17th. Since the cards were announced, she has been trying to get the QR card or QR code rather, or the code to date, she has been unable to get action, even though she was emailed the suggested addresses and called many different numbers. And and what it turns out is that one of the two vaccinations is not on that list that you spoke about. And that seems to be the most common issue that we're hearing from folks when they're struggling and uh, finding obstacles or coming across uh, the inability to get that QR code or to apply for their for their cards. So if any of you are, are prepared to speak to a, us uh, in a little bit more detail about this, perhaps we can, we can uh, direct you to a global television or, or, or CGOB reporter who can dig into this because uh, we know it's about 3% at least a couple of weeks ago where they're having some issues with these things. Yeah. Danny's saying uh, about the immunization records after two weeks of trying, I'm still waiting for the record of my first dose to appear. Got my second shot in June 28. That shows up already, but I have emailed several times and filled out their online form. And so far my records remain incomplete. Here's hoping that it is rectified by the time my two week wait is up very frustrated so indeed yes as greg mentioned feel free to if you want to talk to somebody here maybe we can get you in touch with uh, one of the global news team because yeah we got to figure out how many people are being affected by this and what's the like what exactly is the problem if they administered the second dose that means they had a record of your first dose would it not you know i was thinking about that as you were reading that last message and i think it was sort of on the honor system was it not did you not have to make a declaration and uh there was a question about when you got your first dose and then they ask you that you know is all the information that you're giving us uh, accurate and and then you say yes it is if you're doing it online so i don't know brett i don't know if there was actually any quote-unquote fact checking done or if your ability to book that second dose was literally or digitally connected to your first dose. Uh, Based on my experience and based on what we're hearing, I would suggest the answer to that question is no, it was not connected. Hmm. 
Okay, well, let us know, 204-780-6868. And we just want to quickly also mention uh, yesterday that uh, Dr. Brent Rusin was talking about the post-pandemic Manitoba. He suspect, He says that, you know, that he's feeling optimistic we're heading into a post-pandemic Manitoba because they're expecting, well, we've already surpassed the 50% mark of second doses. We're just under 75% for first doses, and that's expected to be hit in a couple of days. So that puts us on track to hit the August long weekend target way ahead of schedule. No changes would be made to the public health measures, though. They want to wait two full weeks from from when the first phase began. Uh, so we won't ch- see any changes likely until next week at the earliest. But we are curious to know, what would you like to see post-pandemic in Manitoba? I'm just hoping that uh, we're a bit more friendly with each other. Like when the masks come off, it would be nice to be able to walk down the street or walk through the store and, and maybe be able to greet people with a bit more frequency without being seen as some sort of a weirdo. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the when you're out for a walk, it's it's almost like expected that you say good morning yes. to somebody. But in the or, or even in the evening, like at night, you know, good evening or hello there. But in the middle of the day, no, nah, leave me alone. <laughs> so that's I interesting. I've not noticed that. I do most of my walks in the evening or early in the morning. I'm. I, it would probably surprise you to learn, Brett, that that I say hello to pretty much everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I love interacting with my neighbors and and speaking to people on the street and you know finding out about uh, what kind of dog is that and how old is your dog and but I'm missing that because people are less apt to stop and chit chat during the pandemic and whether you're and especially if you're walking without a mask I mean stopping is really not an option is it so I, I agree I, I would love to. I'm really looking forward to that time when we can greet each other a little bit more freely and and with a little bit more uh, vim and vigor, so to speak. And one of the fun things, too, that we can look forward to, perhaps, once the, the masks come off, is seeing the funny looks on everybody's face. Because we, I don't know about you, but I'm always like, constantly adjusting the mask with my mouth so like i'll be sticking my mouth out doing weird things so i wonder if some of those things (laughs) some of those habits are going to remain even though i'm not wearing the mask anymore i'm just walking around with these duck lips (laughs) to keep keep the mask off my face even though it's not there (laughs) i hadn't thought about that all the little different contortions you do to adjust the mask without actually touching it because uh, you try to to touch the mask as little as possible. Ah, are those contortions going to be now part of our our, our fa- facial affect and our little things that we do? We have to watch for that. Now you've got me wondering, Brett. And are we all going to have like Dumbo ears? Because some because depending on the mask you're wearing, some of the masks I have are a little snug, and they yank my ears way down. <laughs> so are my ears going to be sticking out further. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the things we never imagined we'd be discussing six months ago, or 16 months ago, rather. Here we are. Dumbo ears and face contortions beneath your mask. Uh, the world of COVID. I think about important things. What can I say? It's 814. <laughs>
Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on vacation this week. Question of the day at cjob.com, brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. How are you taking advantage of today's forecast high of 21 degrees? Windows wide open, giving the air conditioner a break, or I missed my hoodie and jeans. Cast your vote, cjob.com. And a reminder to keep texting us stories about the dentist at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza, just like this one very quickly. When growing up, our dentist would ask if I wanted a mosquito bite, a.k.a. freezing, or no mosquito bite. Turns out cavities with no bite wasn't fun. But we always chose not to get bitten. So now my siblings and I all have stress from the dentist. I've just started going again to realize it's really not that bad. And I said, so hang on. You knew it would hurt to not you, to get the cavity repaired without the mosquito bite? And they said, well, yeah, because they always told us it would be fine. It'll be fine. It wasn't hmm. fine. Seems <laughs> odd to give a young person a choice. <laughs> Most people, you know, have given the choice of a mosquito bite or not, or a facsimile thereof, or, are saying no. I, I, yeah, okay. I don't know why you would give anybody a choice. This, this is part of the process. You want to get that tooth fixed? Maybe I'm a little bit too of a hard uh, so-and-so, such-and-such. Sadists, that's why. There's <laughs> the, 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 It sounds like this dentist was a sadist. So Gambling you... ring going on the back? Over-under on how many say no to mosquito bite today. Five and a half? <laughs> uh, keep those stories coming at 204-780-6868. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is off this week. Talking about the immunization cards, I was happy this morning when I got in. I've got my immunization card, the hard copy, in my hands. It just showed up in the mail yesterday. Got the digital card. I think it was 15 days ago because I seem to recall registering on a Sunday. Uh, so And it said I would could take up to 14 days to get the card. And, and it basically did take 14 days. And... I'm happy to have that card, but we're learning this morning, Greg, that a lot of Manitobans are having issues for various reasons getting the immunization card, whether it's technical issues, uh, just trying to get into the site, or it's issues with records. Like Danny, for example, emailed us, and we we shared this email earlier this hour, but if you're just tuning in, I'll I'll read the first part, and she has since sent a follow-up. Danny says, after two weeks of trying, I'm still waiting for the record of my first dose to appear. Got second shot on June 28th. That shows up already, but I have emailed several times and filled out their online form, and so far my records remain incomplete. Here's hoping that is rectified before my two-week wait is up. Very frustrated. No doubt about it. And of course, there are humans involved in this process, and so mistakes happen, as frustrating as it is. Uh, the information is entered into one of our listeners. I'll, I'll keep the listener's name out of it because uh, she works uh, in this uh, realm saying everything is logged into the PHIMS, the Personal Health Information Management System with shared health, including someone's immunization profile. The software itself has definite problems and the user, example, a nurse or someone administering the vaccine really needs to know how to properly log into 
the system, properly log in the info, and in capital letters, save it. Brett, we have a couple of systems at work where you can do a ton of typing, and if you don't click the correct icon to save it, it's gone. So we can relate to that a little bit. One mistake, and it doesn't get recorded. We also don't get any sort of digital copies of any declarations previously or currently signed. So it is sort of an honor system when you are booking that. That doesn't mean at times, including I know when my boys went to Selkirk to get their first immunization, there was a computer there. And they were checking the system. But there are certain circumstances where perhaps that infrastructure isn't in place. We've had all sorts of pop-up clinics, different places where people have gone to get their immunizations. So that system is dependent, obviously, A, on the software, but B, on the people entering the information into the system. And plain and simply, mistakes do happen. But when we're talking 3% of the population that's that's dealing with this or 3% of people who have been immunized, Brett, and we're now well over a million people who have their first, uh, are we over a million? 850,000, I think is the number on the top of my head. Uh, do that 3%. You're talking about 20 to 25,000 people yeah. having issues. Yeah, like Danny says, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to be double vaxxed, but since so much hinges on my ability to prove it, my frustration continues to grow daily. So yeah, they, they are going to have to figure out a way to get those the backlog of records updated. And another listener pointing out, uh, just uh, I, I've been trying since Friday to get into the government website to get my immunization card, and it keeps telling me my password and my email are wrong. So I don't know <sighs> what to do. I tried phoning, couldn't get through. So I asked... And, and, and pointed out as well, because when you go to that website, if you just Google immunization card Manitoba, it'll take you to the portal where you go. You may already have an existing account right. with uh, the Manitoba Health Web, because I had to register one account so I could see my immunization record. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I wanted to apply for the actual immunization card, I had to register for a separate account for that. So I wondered if they were using their previous login information. And this listener followed up to say, yeah, I did register for the second account. I got my verification code. And then when I went to log in, it said my email and my password were wrong. And I talked to a few other people uh, that are having the same problem. Can't get through on the phone or online. Tried again this morning. Same thing, getting very frustrated, wondering why they don't just send out cards automatically after your second shot. Bingo. That is exactly... Uh, what I wanted to make sure I said out loud in this segment, it just makes zero sense to me that these cards are not being sent out automatically. I'm not sure of the reasons. I don't know if we've received an explanation on that. I pay attention to those news conferences like you do, Brett. I don't know if you've heard an explanation as to why these cards have not been sent out automatically. But as the concern grows, as the number of people who receive their immunizations grow and the people who want these cards and are eligible to get them grow, the problems and the, and the, and the scope of this issue is obviously going to grow. And we've also received uh, frustrated text messages from people who just plain and simply can't get through on the phone to try and get this cleared up. So we're working on this behind the scenes to try and get some info for you. We appreciate you, you sharing your frustrations and your experiences with us. Mackling and McGarry 
In our next segment, we are going to award that $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza based on your text messages on a story about going to the dentist. And I've just been combing through our texts. We've got an avalanche of text messages this morning on various topics, including one we're about to discuss in a moment. Here's a story on the dentist about 30 years ago. Our daughter was eight. Our son was five. Son was in the dentist chair. We were in the room with both of them as the dentist gave our son a needle for a filling. Well, our daughter, our daughter fainted and hit her head on the floor. So for the next eight hours, my wife stayed with her in Selkirk Hospital as she was being kept for concussion protocol. So just the sight of seeing someone get a needle, Greg, was enough to take her down. That is not a lot of fun. And if you have an adverse reaction uh, to the needle going in, that's one thing, but just the sight of it and then passing out and the dangers. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, yeah. I, I don't have, I have lots of phobias and have said, have said that I would be the first person on record to die of an attempted shark attack because I would just need to see that dorsal fin coming out of the water. And that would be it for me. Immediate cardiac arrest. I'm certain <laughs> of that. Uh, but to, Oh, can you imagine passing out and then banging your head on a concrete floor? Oh my gosh, my head just hurts imagining that. Thanks for sharing that story, I think. So indeed, thank you for all of the stories that you're sharing. We very much appreciate them. So we'll give that prize away in our next segment. And throughout the morning, we've been discussing, as mentioned, the dentist fielding your interactions and frustrations with receiving your vaccination card and the relationships that many of you are having fractured because of a conflict over vaccinations. Yeah, the discussion began with a text message we received yesterday morning. So thank you to the listener that sent it because you've kicked off a, a fascinating discussion, one with many levels to it. And this is how the text message went that, that kicked things off. Everything COVID is breaking up families. A friend's daughter told her parents that they can't see the grandkids if they aren't vaccinated. So in return, the parents are going to the lawyers this week to remove her from their several million dollar will. No good can come of this. We have since received many of your texts and emails where you are in a similar situation. So we're joined now by Sandra Scott, who is a marriage and family therapist with Thrive Counseling. Sandra, good morning to you. Good morning. So this is on your radar? This is on my radar for sure. It is, uh, it is front and center right now. Sandra, this is uh, obviously there are a lot of things which divide families, things that we argue about, whether it's in our immediate family and our, our marriages or our, uh, you know, very personal relationships and extended family. So uh, just in a general sense, how do we approach these things where there's uh, obviously some very strong held convictions on both sides, potentially? Yeah, and I think um, I think what we need to look at is, you know, just just like for, for anyone who has been vaccinated, for people who are making that choice not to get vaccinated, and I want to just pull that word apart a little bit as far as choice goes, because sometimes um, this is coming, like I said, front and center, but the, the other issue is that it's involving and delving into personal health. So it can feel really vulnerable for anybody who's choosing, um, and again, I'm going to just keep pulling that word apart, choosing and choice, 
not to get vaccinated because it could be, um, as we were talking about just before with that dentist story, um, it could be associated with needle phobia. It could be associated with anxiety. There could be an underlying medical condition. Um, there, there's, there's such a spectrum of reasons why vaccinations might not be happening. And so to kind of look at and be curious instead of placing judgment and shame, I think is going to be the first piece of this. And we're seeing the judgment, uh, that's part of the, the equation here, on, on both sides of the debate. Like we had somebody who said, one of my best friends of 35 years told me that if I get vaccinated, our friendship is over. And this person said, I'm getting my second shot on Saturday. In fact, they were the best man for each other at their wedding. So this person has told them, well, if you're getting vaccinated, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Right. It's really dividing relationships. Um, and just like that, um, you know, the friendship, the relationship that maybe has lasted for years is over. I think the other piece of this, um, inevitably, we can't ignore that um, this choice of vaccination or not can become a little bit political. And so people are also looking at that of these relationships that they've had over the years and whether or not that is continuing to match with their values and philosophies. And I guess what I would encourage people to think about is, is this a deal breaker? Like, is this something that cannot be moved through? It's a great point. So getting into some potential specifics in terms of, let's say in a divorce situation, you have uh, parents and, and we received a, a, a text message about this as well, where someone is getting divorced and uh, the mother and the two daughters are vaccinated, have chosen to do so. And on the other side of the coin, the father and the son have decided not to. So this is causing a, a rift that which, which is obviously uh, very large to begin with to become even larger. So, any advice on, on how do you overcome that? How do you salvage a relationship when, when a, a line so deep in the sand has been, has been drawn this way? Yeah, it's, and I mean, in that particular um, circumstance that you're describing, um, you know, depending on the ages of the children, they, they could be going back and forth between households. Um, I think there's, uh, so if, if we look at that particular situation with parents and then there's a division between um, parents getting vaccinated or not as well as the children, thinking about how can the parents come to some kind of common ground. And so in the interim, um, right now, when there are still active COVID cases, what does that look like? You know, what is everybody's comfort level? And so not so much, again, reducing that judgment shame, blame, whichever side of the fence you're on, but then also looking at how can I understand why this is the stance that you're taking? And then just talking about common ground. So when we look at any kind of conflict, conflict resolution, we want to reach some kind of common ground. And so in this case, thinking about how can everybody feel comfortable? Does that mean then that maybe for a period of time that the kids don't go back and forth. And I recognize for listeners that have um, court orders and separation agreements, I recognize that sometimes that's written in there. This may be a piece that needs to be a codicil to documents like that. Um, maybe people are outside, maybe masks 
and distancing continue to happen. Sandra, we're going to have to leave it here, but we very much appreciate the time on this uh, because this has been uh, an important discussion, I think, and I think a lot more people are going through this or will go through this as time moves on and we move out, uh, hopefully enter a post-pandemic Manitoba. So, Sandra Scott, thank you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a great day. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is on vacation this week, and as is often the case with our contest when we do these contests on text where we ask you to tell us a story, we are deliberating right down to the last second, partly just because we get so many texts and we're trying to scour through them to make sure that we've seen them all, and sometimes we just can't figure out, like, how do you pick just one? There can be only one. But we'll read a couple of runners up here, like Reese who says, I actually got 90% through a filling. We're te- you're telling us stories about going to the dentist today. We're just having some fun talking about the dentist. I got to go to the dentist today. Not scared or anything. Just thought well, it could be a fun chat. Reese says, I actually got 90% through a filling. Being drilled out without a needle because I hate needles so much. I ended up getting the needle, though, for the last 10%, LOL. That's a neat, quote-unquote, sensation that I would not recommend, that final 10%. Mm, how about this one just came in i'm gonna throw it into the mix here brett 10 years ago i went in for a root canal yuck after the procedure they removed the rubber dam and the uh technician or the dentist the endodontist endodontist goes oh i know what happens when they say oh they did a root canal on the wrong tooth Needless to say, I was not charged for the root canal, (laughs) you don't say, and ended up going to another endodontist to get the proper one done. That is uh, fairly horrific. And And this is where the deliberations sometimes can create a problem because now we don't actually have an obvious winner. Greg and I have not confirmed off air who our winner is. So how do we do this, Greg? We got to decide this on the air. Because I, d- you I, read? Did, I did text you who I who should be the winner, but yeah. Oh, so we're on the same page. Yes, oh. I, and I've got <laughs> it in our. That? I've got them all in our script here, nicely laid out. Perfect, perfect. I'm having a little bit of issues here, Brett. Sorry, I apologize. And it's, <laughs> they're not technical; they're completely personal. Uh, uh, Nicole, I think, uh, was the one that I thought you were going to go with, but of course, I just read the winner and uh, completely made it anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> like we honestly saw that text. I think 90 seconds before we had to come back yes. on air. So I texted Greg frantically saying, yes, yes, root canal for the win, root canal for the win. Uh, So we were going to read a couple more. I'll just read, like, Nicole's text was really cute uh, as a runner-up. I loved going to the dentist as a kid. One time on the way, we we got into a minor crash. I started to cry, and my mom thought I was hurt. I was crying because I thought we were going to be late for the dentist. <laughs> that is pretty adorable. Really? That is very adorable. <laughs> I had to, I, I had, I had to, to just, uh, to get, back into the computer system i was kicked out oh man and then and then you couldn't hear me so i apologize brett i'm not like you brett can multitask 13 things at once i am lucky if i can do one thing at well once. you're working from home too right you're not in, like this if i was working from home having a you know have a broadcast studio on your table or your desk it, you know i've got two monitors in front of me here i got buttons and all sorts of things so 
it's a little bit easier for me to do that on my end. So congratulations, Root Canal and the Wrong Tooth for the win. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off this week. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. Reminder that our question of the day at cjob.com has to do with the fact that it's a little bit cooler out today, which could be seen as a reprieve for some. How are you taking advantage of today's forecast high of 21 degrees? Your options are windows wide open, giving my air conditioner a break, or I missed my jeans and hoodie. So far, 49% say giving my AC a break, 42% windows wide open, 9% say I missed my jeans and hoodie. I could have worn jeans this morning, Greg. When I got to work in a t-shirt and shorts and sandals, I thought, (laughs) what what, what am I doing? 13 degrees for most of the morning. I've been working uh, essentially outside in my backyard. I have a hoodie. I have a blanket on over my over my lap because I too have shorts on. I, I typically, unless I'm going out somewhere where I need to wear a pair of jeans, I will not wear jeans or trousers as uh, others may call them in the summertime. So uh, I'm very defiant when it comes to wearing my shorts to a point where I would prefer to put a blanket on than, than switch my slacks. Let us know, 204-780-6868, and cast your vote at cjob.com. And the question of the day is brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Now, I think we can all relate to how annoying it can be when people make assumptions about us. What if those assumptions were related to a medical condition? I want to read a chunk of a Facebook post I saw the other day that inspired the conversation we're about to have, and it reads... I'm not nervous. Some of you know this about me, but many of you don't. I have a hereditary condition known as essential tremors. Basically, what this means is I shake, mostly my hands, but at times my legs and my feet do as well. I've been this way since I can remember, which resulted in many painful, horrific medical tests when I was a child. Thankfully, my parents drew the line at the spinal tap. Ooh. With me, the condition seems to be tied to metabolism. If I haven't eaten for a while, it worsens. Strong emotions, including anger and excitement, can make them worse. A hard workout will also bring them on. But the absolute worst thing about it is when people assume something is wrong with me or that I'm nervous. I love public speaking, but hated getting the nervous comment. I was excited, so my hands shook. Because of these comments and assumptions, I started to take medication to calm the shaking before teaching classes or giving readings, being on panels, etc. The pandemic has been wonderful for me in that regard because my shaking isn't noticeable for the most part, so no meds needed. Even better is the patronizing, don't be nervous, we won't bite. <sighs> that, voice, that post, rather, is from local author J.H. Moncrief. She's our friend. We've had her on the show many times over the years. We know her personally as Holly Moncrief. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. How are you? We're doing well. Always great to get some time with you. And thanks for sharing this uh, post because it's very thought-provoking and and also an insight into something about you that I, I didn't realize you, you dealt with. Does that, does that post really give us a, a genuine snapshot of your condition and what you deal with? Is there anything to be added there? Um, I, I think it just, it's been interesting, the comments people have given that how many other people shake and not even from essential tremors. Like there's a lot of other reasons people shake. 
which I found sad but interesting too. So that just there's so many reasons not to make the assumption that someone's nervous or there's something wrong with them just because they might be trembling. Uh, I don't know why. It seems like in this culture, being nervous is, I guess, linked to not being confident, which is seen as the most horrible thing in the world. So I guess that's why it resonates so much with me. If someone says like, oh, you're so nervous, that what they're saying to me is you're not confident, which is seen as, oh, no. <laughs> like the absolute worst thing someone can say is like, oh, you're not confident, you're shy, you're introverted, right? All these things that shouldn't be shouldn't be necessarily bad, but are seen as such a detriment, especially in professional spaces. What made you decide to to type up this post? Because I imagine this is something you've probably had sort of bubbling for a while. So what made you finally sort of pull the trigger and, and put your thoughts out into the world? Well, there's been a few things. Uh, the main thing is I've noticed people like Kelly Hughes, who posts a lot about his mental illness and raising awareness about that. And a lot of my trans friends as well are claiming who they are and being very brave and courageous, putting themselves forward and talking about the transition process. And it it really made me think, why am I hiding this? (laughs) Why am I hiding this still? Why am I so ashamed and embarrassed to just say, hey, I've got this condition. I'm not nervous. This is who I am. So that was part of it. Um, The other was of I was in a writer's meeting and I was on Zoom, so I thought I was safe. I took a drink of iced tea and my hands shook a little bit. So the next day I got the, are you okay? Is there something wrong? (laughs) Comment. And I was really defensive and I felt badly about that because obviously the person was just trying to help, just being concerned. I'm so tired of being asked. (laughs) I'm absolutely so tired of being asked that. So that's what triggered it was just everyone else was being really, really brave about who they are and owning it and the challenges they have. And I thought, well, why am I still hiding this? You're such an engaging person. So I can only imagine that most people that are inquiring is because they care about you and and want to know. However, when you're on the other side of that, and I've, and I've been there with other things, um, it does sometimes feel like a little bit of an attack, like that there there's, there's an imperfection within yourself that you're already uh, very well aware of. And so when it's pointed out to you, there, there is a defensiveness that, that jumps in. How, how do you plan to, to get over that? Is this one step of that Holly? That's a really good question. Uh, now, as, as the post said, and you kindly read out for me, uh, it's uh, I take meds. So they're not as noticeable when I take medication. And I always do if I'm public speaking or I'm going to a reading or I'm teaching a class publicly, not on Zoom. <laughs> I always take them. But I think, I hope so. My response would be, I hope so. But I know I still am de- defensive. I was expecting a lot of, oh, we always wondered what was wrong with you comments. And thankfully, I only got one. <laughs> but I was I was really braced for that. I thought, oh, no, now I'm going to get a whole bunch of, oh, we always noticed that you shook. Why is it? And uh, Or thanks for letting us know. And I was so thankful not to get that. But, yeah, I think it'll take a while until I can handle these comments with grace. Because, again, it's pointing out. I think it's because it's pointing out something that's not me. I have a condition, but I'm not nervous, right? I love yeah. public speaking. So when someone assumes I'm nervous, it feels like they're not seeing who I am. Does that make yeah, because, sense? Yeah, it does. Because I, I, I find, you know, in conversations we've had over the years, interviews that we've done over the years, 
that it's possible that these things start to define us, if not in our own mind, outwardly, and if not genuinely outwardly, that's the perception, is that our cancer, or in my case, my depression or my battle with brain injury, defines me in some people's mind. And so that's something that has to be conquered internally. And so it's really battling a a two-headed demon to a certain extent. Absolutely. Definitely. I I think there's something about uh, people not seeing who we really are and putting this label on us that doesn't fit that is so difficult. And we're seeing that right now, right? The more and more people are saying, no, I'm this person. This is who I am. These are my pronouns. And they're changing the narrative for themselves. And I think that's a wonderful thing. As bad as social media can be, this is one thing that's come out of it, I think, that's really positive, where people feel more comfortable admitting the challenges that they go through and, and who they really are and getting some positive feedback from that. Now, do you imagine there there are probably a lot of people out there, you know, with health conditions like yours, which may be lesser known and people don't really know what's going on, that yield uh, all sorts of annoying questions from people or comments like, hey, don't be nervous. We won't bite. Well, even one of my closest friends, she's just a quiet person most of the time. She's just quiet. In a group, she's quiet. The flack she takes about just being quiet is unbelievable. And what people will say to her is, oh, you're so quiet. Why are you being quiet? Is that ever going to make someone who's being quiet feel more comfortable talking? It's, I just wish we would think of different ways to address these things. Like instead of saying to someone like me, oh, don't be nervous, or you're so nervous, or why are you nervous? Just saying, hey, uh, you know, everything okay? How are you feeling? You know, ask me how I'm feeling. Don't assume that I'm nervous. Uh, for someone who's quiet, ask them a question, bring them into the conversation. Don't point it out that they're quiet and make them embarrassed and shine a spotlight on the fact that they haven't said anything. (laughs) I think it's just the way we react to people who seem to be a little bit different, even in just a given moment, that needs to change a bit. How often do we hear the, oh, come on, smile. Just little comments like that. If you're a woman, lots. <laughs> oh boy, there is a gender thing there, but I know Brett, you deal with that a little bit too, right? Oh, my whole life. God, you look oh, so. Right. Gr- oh, you look so grumpy all the time. Why don't you smile more? Smile. Now, now, now I really can't smile because I'm just annoyed and I and I don't like you at that point when you're when you're making that kind of a comment. So I I can relate, Holly. I have the uh, the resting Brett face. <laughs> I like your resting breath face. <laughs> well, Holly, listen, thank you very much for writing this post and for, for taking this step. And even the, the comment about being quiet, that's something that I, I never would have connected that dot to this conversation because I too, depending on the group setting, I might be that quiet person and I will field that question. And I've often thought, well, if you want me to say something, just ask Instead of just shout, you know, a lot of times I'll be the quiet person if I'm with friends who like just yell at each other or like the loudest person gets to talk. And I just don't have the energy for that kind of a conversation. So I'm not being quiet because I'm weird. I'm just I don't feel like fighting my way in. So uh, that's an important point to make. Holly, we thank you very much for the time. As always, it's a pleasure. We look forward to when we can see you again in studio. Oh, that would be wonderful. I miss you guys.
Holly Moncrief joining us live on 680 CJOB. She is a local author, J.H. Moncrief. She writes under that name, and you can read one of her many books. Uh, she's written lots of great stuff out there. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.